Hello and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today I'll be talking about Winter's Orbit by Everina Maxwell, which is a science fiction novel and it has been characterized as a space opera. So basically we're going into space, we're going into a completely new space universe galaxy and we are going to be talking about the arranged marriage of Prince Kiem and Janian, the count from Thea, and their love story, but also the intense political drama that is going on. So that's the book I'll be talking about today. I decided after, you know, watching some Olympics and doing some chores and stuff like that, that I should record at the exact moment that the sun is blasting into my face. So all this tells What I'm telling you today is don't procrastinate because when you procrastinate, the sun will blast your face as you record your podcast. Now that might seem very specific, but it could happen to you. It really could. So I'm excited to talk about this book. I found this as a recommendation from one of the booktubers that I watched. And then there's not been a lot of talk about it, but I have heard like bits and pieces. And so uh, I have some things that I'll respond to there, But I got this book for Christmas for my aunt, and it just seemed kind of intriguing. Like, when was the last time I read a science fiction about space? The answer is never. We'll get into that in the discussion section. And so, I don't know. I had an interesting time reading this. It was good. I would definitely recommend it, especially if you are looking for science fiction that is going to, uh, like, upend gender and, like, heteronormativity norms basically we definitely see an upheaval in this in a really interesting way which i'll talk about as well and it was just kind of cool to go into like a new world i will say so before i get into it i have to issue two warnings first a spoiler warning if you don't want winter's orbit by everina maxwell to be spoiled stop here go read the book i would recommend it if you're into sci-fi if you're into gay romance this is a great this is a place to start for sure Um, and then come back and listen to this episode. I have some interesting stuff I want to talk about later on. Also, I want to issue a trigger warning for domestic abuse, um, not between the two main characters in this book, but for past, and there are some instances where you see that coming back up, and so if that is an issue for you, just want to let you know now. So now I'm going to get into the plot summary. This is about a 450-page book, and it has a lot of plot. So, we'll see how I, how I do. But let's get into it. Here we go. So, like I said, space opera. Basically, the book opens up with Prince Kim being commanded by the emperor, which is actually a woman. I think that in this book, like, all royal people are called princes, regardless of their gender. And the emperor is a woman, but called emperor instead of empress. So I think they don't like, they just use like the male term in our minds. There's no like female, there's just like one word. So here you go. But anyways, Prince Cam is a man. And so he's being, he's kind of like, I, I don't necessarily want to call him the playboy prince figure, but he's kind of seen as the irresponsible prince and like, you know, kind of a playboy. And he's mostly involved in just charity work. He's just kind of seen as like, eh. Kiem's in the newspaper again. Come on, get your act together. But not a total screw up, but like kind of. Like he doesn't live up to the expectations. But the emperor is commanding him to marry Janian. Janin? Janin? I don't know. I never looked up how to say his name. 
Um, because you know it's a fake name. You know, it's not like culturally a name somewhere that I'm not familiar with. Okay, anyways, I feel like I'm sounding ridiculous. So basically, Jaden's husband Tam was recently died in an accident. Sorry, I like phrased it weird, but he died in a flybug accident. So think of like a personal like spacecraft, basically died in an accident. And so what is going on is that they, this galaxy is huge and the emperor like rules over the main planet of Iscat and then seven other like planets that are part of their empire. And every 20 years they sign a resolution with the larger galaxy that kind of like is about trade and also their independence and things like that. And in order to do this, they always have one of the princes married to a dignitary from uh, the, the these different planets. So the contract is being signed at the end of the month, but a week is 10 days in this world. So I guess like in 40 days, so longer than an actual month. That was another like confusing thing. I don't know why we had that. But anyways, so they are, they need to get um, a new marriage for Thea. So they've decided that instead of like picking somebody else, they're just going to remarry Janin to Kiem. So they have to get married. Kiem is like, this man's not going to want to marry me. He is grieving for the death of his partner. And Janin is like, I have to learn all these other things. Because basically, I'm just going to spoil it right here, which, sorry. But Tam was definitely abusive towards Janin, degrading him, like a little bit of physical abuse as well, and just made him feel like all the, like shit, basically, and like cut him off. He revoked his security clearance so he couldn't talk to his family or his clan members back on Thea, really isolated him and like tried to make him like perfect and all this different stuff. So Janin's like worried and thinks that he'll be a bad partner because, you know, he was brainwashed by Tam into thinking he's the worst when he's really a gem. So anyways, they get married and the first night they're like, okay, maybe we're going to sleep together. But then Kiem backs off when he realizes Janin's just doing his duty. And then Janin's like, oh my God, he hates me. He's not attracted to me. I have to like figure out a way to make myself useful. And we're like, sir, no, that's not what's going on. And so they're like doing these different things. Janin used to be an engineer and like a scholar. So they like he ends up joining on this project because Tam was in the military and he was part of the Kingfisher like mining thing that the military was running and it was they were running it on Thea and they were like mining for something and so he was in charge of it. So he signs on with this professor, Professor Otto, to help her with um, her like mining project of how to make it better basically. And in doing that, he's looking through the data and he realizes that like things are off and they're also like trying to get um Janin's like security clearance like back and they want to get the information on the flybug because basically the person from the resolution has to interview them to say like this pairing is confirmed or revoked or like whatever and so theirs is inconclusive because Thea there's a lot of political unrest and people are on there's a lot of radicals as they say like that are unhappy with the empire and like how Janin hasn't been in contact and things like that and so they're trying to fit and the um, the auditor from the resolution says that they think that Tam might have been murdered. So they're like also going to the military trying to get the data. Janin looks at the data and realizes that it's actually this data from a textbook and they've just switched the dates and times but everything else is the same and that Tam probably was murdered. So they're trying to figure out who would do that, like what's going on with that. So they go 
and they fly to this military base and they're like they also talk to like internal security and all this different stuff they fly to this base they're like looking at the data they're trying to figure things out and then they realize that like the professor has been trying to hack into the kingfisher system and like get data so they're saying oh maybe she did it but it doesn't really make sense we're like huh so tam and um not tam tam is dead Kiem and Janin are like called back by internal security. They need to get like interviewed. So they hop back in their fly bug and they're flying. And then there's malfunctions just in the same way as Tam's. And they crash into the snowy mountains, but they live, they survive. And so they have some, um, Kiem is prepared and he has a tent and some like rations and stuff like that. So they have to hike, but they're in this place with no reception. So they have to hike to this train track where there's reception. And it takes them like two or three days and there's a bear attack, but the bear is like a lizard. Very confusing. They're like, they also have confusion between them because Janin's like, that's not a bear. And Kim's like, what are you talking about? That's definitely a bear. And also while they're out there, some romance occurs and it is a closed door scene, but it is like, you know that they have sex while they're out there, but like it's not described or anything like that. So actually, if you don't like explicit sex scenes, this is sort of a romance and you don't have that. So there you go. But anyways, um, then they end up getting rescued and then they have to go to Thea where the contract for the whole like empire is getting signed. And when they show up, they realize everybody's things have been revoked because like there's been this big issue. So uh, Cam's like going around trying to figure stuff out. Janin's doing the same thing. And then Janin like is looking at this data and he, or, or something like that and he realizes that the kingfisher project like they're hiding something and the re oh the reason that's been revoked is that there's something i don't remember what they were called but there was some sort of like element that any t when you find them when you re-sign the resolution you have to turn it all over and this element is like can do like weird things there's like said that the that the empire has this like military weapon that the use of it now is like a war a crime of war war crime it's a war crime what and it basically you put it on and it like makes people like go crazy it's kind of like an interrogation slash torture device and the way they powered it is with this element and they it find it turns out that the um a lot of the elements that were turned over were fakes and so the whole thing's been like they have to find everything in order to sign it and there's only four days so it's like this whole time crunch and Janin kind of figures out like that Kingfish or something's not right with that and but him and Kiam get like into a fight before that because Kiam like confronts the professor and they find out that yes the professor was hacking but no the professor did not kill Tam and then um so then they fight they like Cam ends up helping them hack into the data and they find out all this different stuff but it turns out the high up general like has blackmail on everybody so there's like this video of Tam basically like hitting Jane in and like berating him and stuff like that and so they get in an argument about Cam basically watching that and then Jane gets kidnapped by this military guy whose name I forgot what the heck was his name I gotta find it Aaron. His name was Aaron and he was Tam's friend and he helped them out earlier in the book and he was just, he was helpful. I didn't suspect him really until they end up kidnapping him and they put Jane in and you find out that the military is the one who like stole all of this element and they want to start a war because they, so they're basically going to attack Thea and they're going to like 
get rid of the empire and like make their own basically but it sounds kind of ridiculous because Jaden's like there's only one like route into and out of like their like universe galaxy like thing with the seven or eight planets I think there's actually nine Cephala, but like anyways there's only one trade route out into the rest of the galaxy and they're like how are you gonna do this they're like we're gonna have so much power it's a chokehold but honestly they're dumb but anyway so we find out that RN killed Tam because Tam realized oh and then you find out earlier in the book that Tam was embezzling from the military and then RN decides to embezzle as well Tam finds out and then RN kills Tam because Tam's like you can't do this like I'm gonna turn you in so RN was the one that killed Tam we find out so then Jane has been captured so Kiem and them are like we got it Kiem has his aide Belle and then there's also a clan member of Jainan's named Garyad, who I haven't mentioned either of them before, but they end up helping. We find out that Belle actually used to be a um, Cephalon raider before, like, lying about her resume and getting this job with Kiam as his aide. And so she, like, helps them, like, break into the military facility. They're, like, hi- hiding Jainan on the Kingfisher plant. And so they break in there. And they, like, go to rescue him, but Jaden's being tortured with the, um, the Tau field, what I, which I described earlier. And basically what it's doing is they're trying to get Jaden to confess to killing Tam and embezzling the money and, like, hide, doing, they're basically trying to get Jaden to confess for everything and, like, trying to kill Kiem, even though it doesn't make sense because he was also in the fly bug, but whatever. And so Kiem has to go into the, as well, and try and convince Jaden that this is a simulation, it's not real. And once he does that, they come out, but Arn is there, and they have this fight, and they both get really injured, and but they beat him, and then Bell had, like, run away to get the other authorities that are not the corrupt military, and they come and they arrest Aaron and, like, some of the other people, and then they go back, and Jaden ends up being okay. He was, like, severely hurt from, like, this machine, and they, like, ripped the things out, and there was blood, blah, blah, blah. But Kiem is, like, under arrest for, like, you know, breaking into this military thing against the Emperor's orders, even though the Emperor didn't know the military was trying to overthrow her, but what are you gonna do about that? And so, but somehow they get a pardon, and the resolution ends up being signed, and basically what Jaden does is he ends up Somebody, Aaron had, like, threatened to, like, leak to the press that Kiem was actually the abusive one, not Tam. So, Jaden goes to the press and does, like, a tell-all interview. And then we see, like, the press conference. And basically, they use all of this leverage on the Emperor to negotiate a better treaty for Thea, as well as the other planets in the Empire, in that in which they get to, like, control their own trade and have more of a say and things like that. And then, that's basically... And then the two men confess their love for each other and they kiss and that was basically how it ended there was like a few other things but that's like the basic plot honestly I don't think I did too bad there on that plot summary and that is basically what happens in the book the highlights there's a lot of other little stuff that's going on and I'll talk about some of the interpersonal things that were going on in the discussion section I first want to talk about let's start at the beginning like or let's start at the the ending at the beginning, whatever. I like to start at the end. And what I want to say is that there were a lot of plot twists in this that I really enjoyed. Like, Tam was embezzling, what? And then, like, the professor was involved, and then the the military was corrupt, and, like, like, I really enjoyed all the plot twists, like, Jaden getting captured, them going to rescue him. Everything was, like, really good. 
It did take me like about 100 pages to get into this book, which I'll talk about later. But the like last two chapters were really kind of blah. Like they really left me wanting more. Like at the end, Kiem's mom shows up and it's like, okay, well, she didn't really need to show up for no reason. And then like Belle kind of gets like a promotion and just like, I don't know. Oh, and then Kiem was like offered to like become a diplomat more than he already is. And they're like, oh, maybe you should do it. I don't know. There was no epilogue. This book didn't need an epilogue. But the ending was just kind of blah considering the action packed, like everything else that was going on. I, I don't know. I just like feel like it should have ended earlier or there should have been like a little bit more something something. I'm not sure really what I want. But like the ending, it could have done more for me. It wasn't bad. It was just like there. It's not a memorable ending as seen as the fact that uh, I had to go back and look at what the actual ending was because I cannot remember it. But anyways, overall good book. Next, let's talk about the title. I'm just getting some of the shorter things out of the way here because I have some bigger aspects that I want to talk about later. So this book is titled Winter's Orbit. So I thought I have to read this in winter. I'm not really sure when you're hearing this if it's February or March, but I read this book the first week of February because I was like, I have to read it in winter. And I just have to say, I don't understand why this book was titled Winter's Orbit for a few reasons. First of all, not every book has like the title like said in it, but this book definitely did not say Winter's Orbit or even the word orbit in it. It is so like the main planet they're on Iscat is kind of like a wintry planet like it's cold there there's snow like there's snow the whole time they're on that planet. It's kind of like winter I guess. But I don't know. I'm not really like it's not a it's not a, about winter's orbit like I just don't really understand the name. The name is cool. Don't get me wrong. I really like the title winter's orbit like it really is like ooh winter's orbit like that's a good title. I just don't think that it makes sense like I don't really get it it is interesting this book was originally posted on a AO3 archive of our own which is normally people post a lot of fan fiction on that site but you can also post original work so this was posted on AO3 as an original work and it used to be called uh, hmm I don't see it in here but it used to be called like the something of honor I'm gonna look it up give me a second Okay, it used to be, it was called Course of Honor on AO3. Now, Course of Honor is not a great, like, Winter's Orbit is, like, sounds better than Course of Honor, but Course of Honor, like, thematically makes more sense because they talk a lot about, like, on, they don't usually, they don't really use the word honor, but they talk about, like, duty, like, Janin's duty as a diplomat versus Kim's duty as a prince and things like that. So that title, honestly, makes more sense to me than Winter's Orbit, Whoever titled it Winter's Orbit, like, it's a better title, but it just doesn't really, like, it just doesn't really make sense with the book. I'm not really seeing the connection there. That's fine. It's fine. The cover's pretty cool also, and if you get, like, a, I don't know if they have a non-hardback version, but if you have the hardback version, it's this really pretty light blue with purple, like, writing on the spine. Like, I actually really like it without the dust jacket on as well even though the dust jacket's pretty cool it's like space and whatever speaking of space and whatever let's talk about the world building so i thought also like 
okay, we're going to get into that. But first, I need to talk about like the idea of me reading the science fiction book. So you might be familiar with the fact that my first real episode was on um, The Space Between Worlds, which is a science fiction novel talking about the multiverse. And so I titled that episode, My First Sci-Fi in Eight Years, which turned out was actually not correct because things that I didn't realize were sci-fi were classified as sci-fi that I had read previously. But I didn't think of them that way because to me they were more, I guess it was science fiction because it wasn't like fantasy, but it's like fantastical elements. So, but anyways, so since then I have read a few other sci-fis, but this is my first sci-fi in a long time set in space. Now I am familiar-ish with Star Trek. I've seen a few things. I'm very familiar with Star Wars. I've seen like all the big movies. I've seen The Mandalorian, like I'd like, I can follow along on Star Wars, right? And so I was like, okay, space, let's, I can do space. Like, I've read space romance novels where the aliens come and they take the women and all this other stuff. That's so embarrassing. I can't believe I just said that. Yes, I do like the alien romance novels, everybody. I'm like over here blushing. You'll never hear me talk about one of those on this podcast, probably. But I have read them. So I was like, I could do space. I, I got it. I can go into space. This, no problem. Problem. There was a problem. <laughs> I had a really hard time the first 100 pages with this book because of the world building, honestly. Like, it just wasn't, I just didn't know what was going on. And I think part of it is, like, maybe I'm just, like, too familiar with Star Wars now where, like, I can kind of, like, understand like generally how the galaxy and Star Wars works and things like that and this is completely like new she made it all up which is awesome but I felt like there wasn't a good explanation at the beginning about how many planets there were in the empire what these ones what they were how the empire worked what the larger galaxy looked like I just had a lot of questions I would have appreciated a map or like some sort like at the front like a map of the different planets of the galaxy of the universe I don't know I would have I would have appreciated that a little bit so I would have appreciated that because I was just kind of unclear I just really the issue is that I didn't understand how the world was structured how it worked how any of that was going on and as you get further and further into the book more things are kind of explained and talked about but at the same time I also just like was the plot was starting to happen, right? So I'm getting sucked into the drama, the political intrigue of who killed Tam and what's going on and also the romance between Kiem and Janin and things like that where I didn't care as much about the world building, but I had a lot of questions as... So like the first night when I read it, I read about 50 pages and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this book. Then the second night I read about like, I don't know, 60, 70 pages, and I'm starting to get more into it. And by the third night when I picked it up and I'm about 120 pages in, I'm finally, it's clicking for me. And throughout the rest of the book, I had a good time reading it. I was excited to pick it up. But I just had an issue with the world building. And I also should have mentioned this earlier, but this is a standalone. There is not going to be a sequel. This is the only story about Kim and Janin. The author has said that she is writing another book set somewhere else in this universe with other characters and it sounds like it's just going to be in this universe but not necessarily the empire and we're not really going to see it sounds like anybody that we know and so it'll be completely different but so yeah I don't know but 
basically, typically I feel like maybe this is like an issue because this is a standalone, whereas in other science fiction series or in fantasy series, a lot of book one tends to be world building. You're understanding like, and that's the other thing, like I'm not somebody who like, this is at, like, yes, I don't read a lot of space stuff, but like I read a lot of fantasy and there's a lot of world building that goes on in fantasy and I tend to enjoy it. I like to read about like, what does this world look like? What is the like, the, what does the empire look like? What does the country look like? What does the politics there look like? What's the magic system? If there's magic, how do these things work? And in here, just a lot of stuff is never explained. And which in some cases was good. In other cases, I really didn't like it because it just left me being confused. So it's not me being like my first foray and I just like don't understand it. I need a lot of explanation. I just felt like there wasn't enough world building. And it's actually interesting because in the acknowledgments at the end, the author talks about how she was having conversations with her editor or something. And the editor was like, you should put all that information just told me into the book. So I can't even imagine how little world building was in the first version of this. And I'm not saying there was no world building, but I just needed more. And I think having more, especially earlier in the story, would have made it more enjoyable. Also, I thought the story started in an awkward spot. The first chapter is Kim being told by the emperor that he needs to marry Jainan. And then the next part is Jainan at Tam's like last funeral, basically. And then after that, it's them getting ready to get married. And it just felt like very much like in media res in a bad way. So in media res is like in the middle. And so a lot of books don't start at the beginning when the character is born. Some do like Cersei, that's, it starts that way. But like most books start like in the middle of something going on. But I just needed a little bit more exposition world building, stuff like that. I don't know how I would have started it, but maybe a chapter before to like understand Kiem better. I don't know. Although I did really love Kiem and I'll talk about that. Oh my gosh, I'm running out of time already. What is going on? Okay, so other aspects about the world building I want to talk about that was interesting. Well, the other like negative for the world building and like the stuff like that, and then I'll talk about some interesting stuff, is the language. It was interesting because the author like makes up a lot of words like flybug, like a lot of things that like have normal names for us in science fiction and stuff like that. Like she uses new words for us. So flybug instead of like spaceship or spacecraft or like a personal like car that flies or something like that. She makes up that word. We have like, she does make up like different planet names and things like that. And like the names that people have are all also made up like Kiem, Janin, I'm seeing Haran, there was like Rasad, Tan, like all these different names are not like normal names. And so we're seeing like that. But then it was interesting because at the same time, she was using language of the modern world. Like at one point, they like the word or the phrase low key was used and not like, I don't want to say in a normal way, but clearly in like a slang way of like, low-key I feel this way not like oh we have to be low-key about it like oh it's low-key this so I don't know if anybody else was like this but I feel like it must have been in my late high school years when low-key and high-key were a thing like oh we're being low-key or high-key I feel this way wow really bringing me back and I remember teaching my dad the difference between low-key and high-key and then him like two years after it was popular being like 
low key this or high key that. And he'd be like, is that right? And I'd be like, yeah, dad, that's right. But that was one aspect where it really jumped out at me. I can't remember. There was a few other parts. I can't remember exactly what it was that struck me as like, this is a modern thing. They wouldn't say this or this wouldn't be a thing in this made up world. But that's okay. That is, this is a debut. So that's kind of how those things go. What was really interesting with the world building is the idea of gender and relationships. And what was really fun about this is that if this was set in today's society, like the way that they talked about gender and relationships is just like not possible. So basically, this is obviously a male-male couple, romance, two men. And so like it was just seen as normal that this arranged marriage could be between two men instead of a man and a woman. And so like, that's interesting to me because it's just like, it doesn't matter. This is an arranged marriage and we need two people. Here we go. Bam. And now both of these guys are attracted to men, although Kim is bisexual, attracted to both men and women, although he probably would say pansexual because the other thing is that gender is, I do have some questions about this. So like gender, I don't want to say is fluid, but that like it's very acceptable to be non-binary in this world and that so on Iscat, the main like planet that the empire runs out of men the way that they indicate gender is by wearing different sorts of materials so men will wear something made of wood women will wear something made of flint and non-binary people will wear something made of glass and so that's how they indicate gender versus on thea it's the way you tie your um neck scarf i'm not really sure how you can how neck scarves all the way it's not explained exactly what that means how they're tied but that is how they indicate it on Thea and so what is like I feel like for me it's because I live in this world of like gender also being a very visual sort of experience of men and women dressing very differently and styling hair differently and body hair and stuff like that I feel like it's harder for me to imagine that because there was like multiple times in the book where either Kiam would be looking at somebody from Thea and be unsure of their gender at first or Jainan as he's like he's lived on Iscat for five years so he's pretty good now at like deciphering gender but like other times when you can't see like the ornament clearly not being sure if this person is a man a woman or non-binary and so I just like had a hard time understanding that because like physically like there are like physical like differences between men and women if we're even just like going as simple as breasts now not all women have breasts not all men have penises whatever like I understand that there's like that's not like universal but like generally that's typically how it goes and so I just I'm curious as to like if people just look different like are if there's not masculine and feminine facial structures and stuff I don't know I'm just curious about it I didn't really make sense to me in my own head because I don't think that way but it is it was kind of like what I enjoyed about it it was it was cool though that it wasn't a big deal that this that this was a gay romance that this was it was just romance you know does that make sense so I enjoyed the fact that I didn't have to like there was nothing, nobody was like opposed to this relationship because it was two men and it was just like, okay, cool. And I was like, okay, cool. So it's kind of fun that we are, basically what I'm saying is it's fun that we're not dealing with homophobia 
and like anti-trans. Everybody's just cool. Your gender, you decide whatever you want. Your relationships, whoever you love. So I just enjoyed that aspect of it. And that was probably my favorite part of this new world. Although, like I said, I was kind of confused at different points because I was like, I don't understand. But okay, I just went with it. And wow, I'm really, I guess I had so much to say. I want to talk a little bit about Kim and Janin and their relationship um, because I'm running out of time, but I really want to touch on it. Kim is a character that I don't think I normally would like, but I loved him. He was so great. Now, normally I don't love like irresponsible, like playboy figures because that's how he's characterized by the outside world. But inside, we know that he's so much more. And that's also like part of his relationship with Jane and is Jane and keep saying like, don't call yourself stupid. Like, why do you say you're a screw up? Like stuff like this. And we love partners sticking up for partners. We love to see it. So I just really enjoyed Kim mostly like, yes, he was outgoing. He was like very chatty, very talkative, like said whatever just flew out of his mouth. But he was also very protective of Jane and he also was very respectful of him and his relationship. I will say he's kind of dumb in that it took him a really long time to realize that Jane was like dealing with prior like abuse, spousal abuse basically. And, like, to me, even before it was, like, explicitly said in Janin's perspective of that was what was going on, to me it was, like, pretty clear based on, like, how Janin was talking that, like, something wasn't right in his prior relationship and Kim just thinks he's grieving for most of the book. Um, But I did enjoy Kim. He was very respectful. He was very protective. And he was very funny. I also like Janin, although Janin, like, sometimes got on my nerves because he... And, like, I get it, though. Like, it didn't really bother me. But it's, like, because he's still dealing... Like, he still has the mindset of somebody who has, like, been kind of brainwashed by their abusive partner. And that he's always saying, like, how... Like, always thinking about how he can be helpful for Kim. How he can be not in the way. How he... Like, all this different stuff. And so, part of it is hard to read because you're... As somebody who hasn't gone through that, I'm, like... Janin, just do you. Kim does. And also, this is dual perspective. I should have said that prior to like 35 minutes in. But because it's dual perspective, we like see that Kim is like good and that he doesn't care. And so I think that's part of like why like sometimes I would get frustrated with Janin. But also at the same time, I can't really fault him because he's coming from a very different mindset, a different place. And he's like using falling back on his default on how to survive. Now, with that, I think I'm going to wrap it up. I No, I have to say one last thing in that, like, a lot of people online were, like, upset because they were like, this book was marketed to me as a romance, and it was definitely a sci-fi novel with, like, a side romance. And so going in, I definitely knew that it was a science fiction book and that there was going to be some romance. And this was definitely a science fiction book with also a main pairing and romance like romantic undercurrents but to me like it's interesting that people were seeing this marketed as romance because I didn't see that anywhere except for like people like complaining that that was what they were told they were getting and then it wasn't to me this was more typical of like when you read I'm going to equate it to fantasy when you read a fantasy novel and there's a lot of plot but also you know the two main characters are going to get together at the end of the book or the end of the series And that's kind of how this read to me in a similar way of there being a lot of plot, but kind of like the subplot being the romance. 
and I tend to enjoy that a lot. I had no issues with the romance. I will say I've been reading so much romance that when there was not an explicit sex scene, I was kind of taken aback for a moment. And then I thought, you should, probably should have seen this coming. This is not the romance genre. But anyways, so people, this is a, this, let me be clear. This is a science fiction novel, not a romance novel. So people know what they're getting into. And with that, now it is time to wrap it up because I rapidly, I had a lot to say today, I guess. The words just kept coming and coming and I couldn't make them stop. So let's see, what do we got to do? Getting into housekeeping. So next week, I'm going to be talking about the family we make, the family you make. I'm not sure if I always get it wrong. I think it's the family you make by Jill Chavez, but it also could be the family we make. I think it's you make by Jill Chavez. So excited. It is a fake dating situation. I cannot wait. I have not started it yet, but I'm so excited. And then also, let me know what you thought of this episode. You can send me an email at iReadABookOnceBlog at gmail.com or you can DM me on Instagram at iReadABookOnceBlog. While you're on Instagram, also make sure to follow, give me a follow and like some photos to give me some motivation to continue to post there. And yeah, let me know what you thought of this book, this episode, this podcast, in general, things like that. Also, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform that you use. I would appreciate it so, so much. I will give you a shout out if you give me a review and I will love you forever. So with that, my name is Emma. This was I Read a Book Once, and I'll catch you guys next time.